So we're doing now the Sefer HaMitzvahs, we're doing the introduction, and we're doing the uh, fourth principle. And the fourth principle says that it's not fitting to count the uh, general commands. The Torah gives us sometimes general instruction, uh, which would include the entire Torah. The Torah tells you, keep the Torah. That is not considered like a separate mitzvah. Keep the Torah is a general inclusive uh, because the uh, Torah will find sometimes instructions and also prohibitions, warnings against, uh, uh, not with a clear uh, words, but uh, sort of an all-inclusive. As for example, as if the Torah would be saying, well, do everything that I told you to do. So that would be, he's not telling you now to do something, but he's just telling you to do everything that I told you to do. Or uh, be careful, be aware not to do everything that I've warned you not to do. Uh, Or to say, don't transgress anything from what I've instructed you. So there is no reason to count this instruction as an independent mitzvah because it doesn't give you a particular uh, mitzvah by itself to do. It's no reason to count this as a mitzvah itself. There is no specific act to do here that we should count this as a positive mitzvah. There's also the same thing as for the prohibition. There is no warning over here from doing something specific that we should count it as a prohibition. And this is the Zeko This is like when it says we find the verse. The verse says. Everything that I've told you, you should keep. There's another verse that the Shem says, Keep my statues, my rules you shall do, and guard my guard. But I'm There's many like these in which they're general, just instructing you about the mitzvahs. Already they've been mistaken. Again, is referring to the other ones. In this principle, Achamanu, to the extent that they counted the verse, it says, Kedoshim Tiyu, you shall be holy, Mitzvah Mekla Mitzvah They say the Torah says, you shall be holy, they counted it as one of a positive mitzvah amongst the other positive mitzvah. The Loyotu Sha'imroi Kedoshim Tiyu, that he doesn't, they didn't realize that when it says, when Hashem says, you shall be holy, or in the other verse, you shall sanctify yourself, you shall be holy. These are instructions, they're not a specific instruction to be holy, but rather instructions to fulfill all the Torah. As if to say, as if, the, as if saying, you be holy when you will do everything that I've instructed you and when you will be careful for everything that I warned you from it not to do. The Loshin Sifri, Sifra. says, look at the language of the Sifra, which is the Braisa, which is on the commentary on the Pasik. Over there it says, Kidoishim Tiyu. Purushim to you. It says, "You shall be holy." 
So what does it mean, holy? Holy. What does holy mean? Holy means he says perushim to you. You should separate. Holy means distance yourself, separate yourself. What he means to say, You should separate yourself from the matters which are degrading, which are bad. Kulam, all of them. That I've already warned you. So he's basically saying, stay away from those things that I've told you not to do. Also in the Mechilta it states, when the Pasuk uses the language, the you shall be holy people to me. Hashem is saying, what does that mean? Isi ben Yudah says, When Hashem renews and gives a new mitzvah to the Jewish people, He adds sanctity to them. Which he means to say, What he's saying is here, this is not a independent, standalone uh, instruction. But this is a continuation. This follows the mitzvah that you were instructed. When you fulfill the mitzvah that I told you, then you are considered to be holy. It's not something else. There's really no difference whether the Torah uses the language you shall be holy or the Torah says do my mitzvahs. Being holy and do the mitzvahs essentially is the same thing. Would we then say that this is a positive mitzvah which should be uh, connected to the mitzvahs that it hits, hits to them in which we were told to observe them? Which means, we, uh, will we then say that when Hashem says you shall be holy by doing this mitzvah, that this aspect of being holy will be attached and counted as one of the mitzvahs the actual practical mitzvah. to you. The same thing. So if by a particular mitzvah the Torah will say to you that um, you shall be holy, so that's not a separate mitzvah. So just like within the mitzvah itself, we don't say when Hashem says do this mitzvah that will make you holy. We don't say that that's a separate mitzvah. Same thing is true when we find to you. Same thing when we don't even have it next to another mitzvah. It just says, be holy. We're not going to say that that being holy over there is its own mitzvah. Because here there is no instruction to do anything besides what we already know. There is no new thing over here. When God says, be holy, there is nothing new here of a new mitzvah. The Loshin Sifri, again, not everybody agrees with the Rambam's view, but this is the Rambam's view. The Loshin Sifri, the Yisim Kedoshim Zukadushas Mitzvahs. The language of the Sifri is, you shall be holy, that means the sanctity of Mitzvahs. In the Kvar is Bayer Mashalachnus Vivoy. So now you have seen here, we've explained before you that which we have gone around. And from this principle also, when Hashem says, You shall circumcise the toughness of your heart. There's no mitzvah, circumcise your heart. 
What he means to say, that you should accept and you should listen everything that he had previously mentioned of this mitzvah. He's saying to you, you should cut the toughness of your heart to accept those mitzvahs. Not a new mitzvah. Then your stubbornness, you shouldn't harden anymore, the verse says. What he means to say, don't harden your heart. Accept everything that I instructed you. And do not transgress over it. We do now in the Sefer HaMitzvah the fifth principle in the introduction of the Sefer HaMitzvah. So the Shoresh HaChamishi, the Rambam writes, That it's not fitting to count the reasoning of the mitzvah as an independent mitzvah. So he says, Sometimes the reason of the mitzvah would seem like similar to a prohibition. And then you might think that we should count it by itself. So the Rambam says, no. Like is when Hashem says like this. So once a person, it says in the Torah, once he divorces his wife, and then she goes and marries another person, so he's never he's not allowed to marry her again. So it says, So that the husband who originally divorced her is not allowed to marry her a second time after she has lived with another person, she's been married to another person, and he divorced her, he cannot marry her again. And the verse concludes over there by saying, You shall not make the land full of sin. So one can argue and say, oh, here the Torah says the prohibition, where the Rambam says, that don't make the earth sin, full with sin, is a reasoning to what he prohibited beforehand. As if the Pasuk would say, for if you do this, you, if you do this, you're increasing the loss of the land. And it's similar to saying, uh, don't desecrate your daughter to allow her to uh, have these uh, promiscuous relationships. So then the earth will not uh, turn away from you. So over here, it's not a Prohibition, the earth not, or when don't defile yourself by eating uh, things that are defiled, uh, and you'll become Tomei. So the Torah first says uh, many things. After the Torah mentions those different things, we're not allowed to eat food which is not kosher. Torah concludes by saying. And don't become defiled yourself, so you will become uh, defiled. It's as if the verse is relating to you that when you do this, that when you will be not do what he told you, that is, will be, I'm warning you against defiling your soul, because that's why. So the Torah is just saying, if you don't do it, you're defiling your soul, but it's not a new prohibition. Explaining the mission, the, this pasuk it says in the sefri, when the verse says, when his blessed says, 
The Torah first warns you against taking monetary money from a murderer to sort of exempt him from his punishment. So the Torah says that you shouldn't take don't take monetary compensation from a murderer so that he doesn't have to uh, be punished. And the Torah says so you will not defile the land. So Magida Kosuf, so what is the Torah telling us? That if you pour blood, killing people, that defiles the land. So that doesn't mean there's no separate prohibition. So here it is explained to you that the love, this prohibition, is an only an explanation to the previous prohibition. That the reason you can't do the previous thing is because it should not happen this. This is the, but it's not a separate prohibition. And it's not a separate problem, not something else. When the Pasik says uh, about the uh, about the about the Torah says it says that he should not leave the sanctuary. We're talking about when a relative dies that he has a separate uh, rule, the Koin Godl. He shouldn't go out and he shouldn't desecrate. So we say, but if he does go out, he does desecrate. So um, the um, they so the Rambam again. This is the reason why the Rambam is bringing all these principles because there have been before him that made this mistake. The Rambam, according to the Rambam, others have already. The Rambam says made a mistake in this principle. And they count them all these prohibitions. He believe his blindness without paying attention. The Rambam says, however, he will be embarrassed. Someone who counts them. When you're going to ask him, you're going to tell him. When you're going to ask him the question, the Rambam says, pose him the question. This prohibition that you counted. What is he telling you? What should you not do? And then he won't have anything to answer. Because it's not telling you not to do anything. What? You said you said prohibition. Tell me, what's the prohibition here? There's nothing. It's not prohibited. There's no, nothing new here. There's no special prohibition. And this way you can understand why we... Uh, there's no point in counting it. There's nothing. It's but counted. This is what I wanted to explain in this principle of what not to count. Okay. So now we have Hashoyr Shashishi. We're doing in the Sefer Mitzvahs, and we're up to the sixth principle in the introduction before he starts enumerating the mitzvahs. So the sixth principle of what, what should be counted, the Rambam says, Sometimes a mitzvah has both. It has the positive, the uh, do, and it also has a prohibition. So then we, the fitting thing to do is we count the positive together in the number of the positive. And the prohibition together with the prohibitions. So even though the Torah says do and not do in the same area, but they're two separate counts. One in the positive mitzvah and one in the prohibition. The Rambam says, "Da, I want you to know, Shadavara echod yibayasei veloisase alechad mishloisha ponim. 
there is a possibility that one item should have both a positive and a prohibition, in one of three ways it can take place in the Torah. If there should be one of the acts that we need to do the positive, and one who transgresses on it will be a prohibition. Give example. Say, for example, Shabbos or Yomtev or Shemitah, the seventh year, which we actually happen to be in this year, is a Shemitah year, the sabbatical year. So now we say on Shabbos and on Yomtev and on Shemitah. If you do work on them, that's a mitzvah sloisaseh. That's a prohibition. Uh, and 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 resting in them is mitzvah saseh. Is a positive mitzvah. So there's two things. There's one thing not to desecrate the Shabbos, not to do any prohibitions, but there's also a positive mitzvah of relaxation and enjoying the Shabbos as a menucha. V'chein tainis tzem kippur. Take, for example, Yom Kippur. Fasting on Yom Kippur is a positive mitzvah. So the mitzvah is Yom Kippur, but on Yom Kippur you have two parts of it. You have one part in where there's a mitzvah to fast in Yom Kippur. And Ba'achilaboy, but to eat on Yom Kippur is a prohibition. So it's two things. When you're not eating, you are doing a mitzvah. The not eating it becomes a positive. Just not eating is the positive. And just like by Shabbos, the not doing the malacha is relaxation, is a positive. And then, but if you eat, then that would be a prohibition. That's one way. Now there's another way is the im lav Sometimes there's a prohibition which is preceded by a positive. For example, k'moi oimroi like it says by a person who uh, uh, violates uh, a woman or a person or a husband who uh, gives out a bad name for his wife which means he accuses her of adultery so um, the Torah instructs later on. The Torah says, "Veloi tiyeli isha," that the uh, basically the rapist must she be his wife. He can't divorce her, or the husband who made a bad name can't divorce her. He can't use that. Um, and it says, "The mitzvah say." Now, I mean, this is not a reward for the for the rapist like by Shechem or anything else. But um, we'll look. The uh, the laws over there, uh, but this is a positive mitzvah. The mitzvah is that she should be his wife. But then it says, Then it says, He is not allowed to divorce her all of her life. Normally, a wife, if you don't want, you can divorce her. But in this case, the Torah says, That's a positive. That's a prohibition. So you have one mitzvah is that she has to stay with him. That proceeds. And then we have a prohibition against divorcing her. 
And sometimes you have him lav koidem. Sometimes you have the prohibition comes first. In this case, first the positive that he, she has to stay with him. And the other one is that he's not allowed to divorce her. Sometimes you have the prohibition that comes first. And then it becomes uh, fixed by the essa. You not take it, it becomes uh, moved to the, it is moved to the positive. The Torah says, the Torah says, First, the Torah says, don't take the mother while the children, you know, are there. Uh, in other words, uh, don't take the mother with the children, but you have to, the Torah says, Shalach Shalach You should send away the mother. So that means that, and that's a positive mitzvah. So, not taking the children with the mother, that would be a prohibition. Sending away the mother is the mitzvah. So first you have the prohibition against taking while the mother is there. And then you have a mitzvah of sending away the mother. So you have a prohibition that is followed by a positive mitzvah. So all these kinds, it's fitting to kind the positive as part of the positive mitzvah and the prohibition as part of the prohibition. Because the Chachamim explicitly said by each one of them, that they are a positive mitzvah and a prohibition. Many times they will say the positive in it and the negative of it, the prohibition. And that's clear that this positive mitzvah is besides the prohibition. It's not just that you have the prohibition and therefore, like we're not going to say in all these, we're not going to say just, well, you're not allowed to do the work on Shabbos and then just, then there's no separate thing of resting on Shabbos. Or there's no separate, there's only a mitzvah, there's two separate mitzvahs. There's one mitzvah of, of, not, of, of, of not taking the mother and, and then there is, I mean, with the children and then another mitzvah is to send away the mother from the children. And he says, There are two separate matters. One of them, he is an instruction, is a positive. He's an echad man, and one of them is a prohibition. He says, in this principle, nobody made a mistake. So the Rambam is saying, uh, in this case, he doesn't have any issue with anybody, because I guess the previous ones were also clear as far as this goes. The book of mitzvahs of the Rambam. And this is the introduction before he starts to enumerate the mitzvahs. He wanted to lay out some principles, which laws that we find in the Torah are actually counted as part of the 248 positive mitzvot and the 365 prohibition, a total of 613. So he's laying out because you can't just count everything that it says. You have to know how to count it. This number is based on the Talmud, which it says that there are 613 uh, mitzvahs. The, the Rambam also brought down that the word Torah, the Gematria, is uh, 611, and the two, we heard from Hashem, so that would make it 613. So that was the 611 from Moshe, plus the other two, which came from directly from God. So here the Rambam is discussing today, we're discussing the seventh principle, the Shoirish Hashvi, 
Shein roi limleis digduke hamitzvah. That it's not fitting that we don't count the details of the mitzvah. There's particulars. Every mitzvah has many different particulars and different uh, pa- parts to it. Each part of a mitzvah is not going to be enumerated and not counted as a separate mitzvah. But rather they all make up one mitzvah and they're just details of one mitzvah. As Rambam writes, You should know that every mitzvah is just one law that has been accepted. From that first introduction, when we introduced you a mitzvah, many uh, various different commands, instructions, and prohibitions uh, are connected, which are called the laws of that mitzvah. Those are the particular laws of the mitzvah. The Rambam is going to demonstrate this by bringing dogma mitzvah's chalitzah, hamoshel bazeh. So he's going to give you an example from the mitzvah of a chalitzah. Chalitzah is talking about a Levirate marriage when a brother dies uh, and leaves no children. So there is a mitzvah for the uh, brother that is left over to marry the widow of his brother. Uh, that's the Levirate mitzvah. And then if he refuses, if he does not want to do, he doesn't want to marry her, uh, his brother's, his deceased brother's wife, then there's the mitzvah of chalitza. Chalitza means removing of the shoe. The Torah gives all pr- procedure over there. Rabbi, what yeah? if it's a married brother that remains? Okay, there's also different. So today, I mean, wouldn't, in the olden days, one can have two wives. Oh, you so that would, in the olden days, yes, one can have more than one wife. But anyways, but today would be a different. Uh, we talk about strictly of the of the law of the Torah, so that would not be a problem really, just because he has a wife. But uh, but there is tremendous. We're just actually in the Dafyomi today. We're starting the Talmud Yibamot, and it's just uh, very very complicated because the Gemara gives the Talmud talks about every possible scenario. It's just just very very uh, very very detailed. I mean, I I I, I just had a <laughs> I just did a, a a funeral in a family which. It was a very little thing, but you know it was confusing to just know. So they have uh, a, a, a couple that had two children, and then uh, they divorce, and uh, then they marry, and then she marries another man who has a child from uh, from another marriage, and then uh, so now they have two children: one that she brought into the marriage from a previous marriage, and one that the husband brought in, and then. They got married, then they have their own children, and then, you know, so it gets, and then how do you figure out, but in the Gemara Yivamot is, 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 is very, very difficult. You have to have a map over there just to be able to understand exactly how the things come. But in any event, so he says it like this. So what, what is the thing like this? So he says, technically, you have a chalitzah v'ayibum, hemshteim mitzvahs, mitzvahs asay. The mitzvah to either live your right, or, or to marry the woman, or to give the chalitzah, those are two mitzvahs. And and that there is no that there is no disagreement. Everybody will agree that there's two mitzvahs. But now we have to let's go into the details of the mitzvah. Let's see this. And when we looked into these two mitzvahs of the positive mitzvahs, and what is going to result obligation uh, based on this. Introduction that there is a mitzvah to yibum and there's a mitzvah of chalitza. 
So then we looked into the details. What is, well, how does these things result? So it says like this. So, some women, they have to get only chalitza because sometimes there's relationships, sometimes there's prohibited relationships where they cannot do yibum. There's so many details, we're not going to go through the details. Some women can only do chalitza, some of them will miss and you cannot be miyabim them. And then you have sometimes it's the other way. Some women can only get yibum and not do chalitza. Or other women can neither be, can all, or either get chalitza or yibum. Some you cannot do neither chalitza nor yibum. So there's all different possibilities as the ruling goes. So these are all details of the mitzvah. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes this, sometimes this way. The same thing is the same thing goes for the men. The men. So this is as far as the woman goes, because being related or different different uh, statuses of why one could or could not do. And same thing goes to the men. There will be some that will just do chalitza and not do yibum. Some can do yibum, not chalitza. Also, either chalitza or yibum, and some not chalitza and not yibum. So there's all possibilities, yeah? Yibum is when they get married. Yibum is to marry the woman, and chalitza is to not marry her. Yeah, that means not marrying, either marrying or not marrying. But not marrying is not just done. It's almost like a not like it's not a get. But the chalitza is what allows that woman. There's a certain the Torah. As soon as the brother dies, there's a certain attachment from that woman that was left behind, the widow, uh, the, the the woman that was left behind. There's a certain attachment. It's called the zeka. A zeka. That's a zekas yabam that she is attached to the yabam, which means she cannot just go ahead and marry anybody else before either he marries her or he gives her chalitza, then she can go out to the world. So, but these are all the possibilities, both based on the woman and also based on the man. Now, the chayin nimtza, so also we find that sometimes they uh, take chalitza for one and give from the other. Because sometimes there can be, the man may have had several wives and one of them was uh, related to this brother, different brothers, and to, to they, they were married to different sisters. So there's all the different, again, the variations vary in all different cases. So you have, but the, the bottom line is, some of them can make chalitza to one brother and even to the other brother because there could be several brothers there. So each one has to do the even the chalitza. Or depending on, you know, on the case, some of them are allowed to do chalitza to either one of the brothers and even to both of them. And there is some of those women, of these, uh, this woman, the widowed woman, who would be permitted to marry her husband. Some, no, no, they would be married to their husbands, allowed to their husbands, but not to the Yobam. Or they're permitted to their yabams and permitted to their husbands. Also to both of them. Permitted to both of them. Basically, everything is possible to... All these are all variations. So what the Rambam wants to say, what the Rambam is out to say here, there are so many details over here, there are so many possibilities. So he says, If we would have counted each one of these particulars as its own mitzvah, 
So the parts of the tractate of Yibamas Levado, just Yibam alone would be more Yisim and Masai mitzvahs. You would have more than 200 mitzvahs. We only have 248 in total. But if you say every each one, each detail, what you do and don't do, becomes its own mitzvah, then you would have more than 200 mitzvahs just from the mitzvah of Yibam itself, the Rambam says. And he says, there isn't one of them which isn't either a, 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 a positive by itself or a prohibition. To say that this one needs to chlitz in this way, but yam beifenze and do yim does way. She say this one is not permitted. So we can learn every mitzvah. So in other words, um, that um, each one has a, you know, what you could do or what you can't do. So each one has a positive mitzvah, what they should do or what they can't do. So, but we don't count them all. But they're just all inclusive. So he says... Since this is so, and there's no disagreement in this that we're not going to count each detail. So even if the particulars are written in the Torah, we also don't count it. In these cases, we learn them out from various different things, but the Torah doesn't give you all the variations. There's no separate mitzvah. But the Rambam takes this further. He says, even if the Torah does tell you a detail in the Torah, a detail of a certain mitzvah, that detail does not become its own mitzvah. He gives you an example. Not just because the Torah articulated and gave us the particulars of that mitzvah, the conditions, we are not going to therefore count each or each condition or each detail through digduk, when they were showing mitzvah, they were told that it's a mitzvah. I mean, if you want to, lahavdil, you know, to separate, you know, in the laws, usually they have like a caption, the main law, and then they have all the details over there, you know, section, section such and such in the code, and then you go, and there's a lot of details, but the law is basically one law, but then the, down the mitzvah, there's one mitzvah, and then the rest of them are details. And this is because the Torah went and gave you the particulars doesn't mean that it has to be counted for, for, for itself. It says many people made a mistake. And, you know, primarily in, in this case, the Rambam had, had not mentioned the name who he is refuting here. But in this particular case, the Rambam is going to mention it was the Balalochas Gidoilis who was before him, who counted the mitzvah, who the Rambam is taking issue. He's others also, but that's one of them. So he says, so they made a mistake. Anything they found written in the Torah, they counted. They didn't go into the difference whether it's a particular of a mitzvah or it's a mitzvah by itself. They just went and counted everything. Without paying attention uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, the rule of the mitzvah. Uh, what is uh, what is the root of the mitzvah? What is the particulars of the mitzvah? What is the condition? They just anything the Torah says they count it as a mitzvah. Another example: If you take an example, one is not allowed to defile the base hamikdash. You're not allowed to go in while you're uh, tamei, uh, while you're impure. And there's also a law against eating 
kachim, uh, holy like a kohen who eats uh, the special the truma, and then he eats the karbanot in the time of the karbanot. So when their bodily uh, are not uh, pure, then there's a prohibition. So we say the Torah obligates in the book of Ayikra the Torah says that anybody who would defile accidentally of course by mistake, he would defile either the Beit HaMikdash, he'll walk in there while he's stomach or he will eat holy while he's stomach the Torah says and those are mentioned with him carbon you would have to bring an offering a chatas offering for an atonement now, so there's no doubt that's a positive mitzvah. Then the Torah goes into particulars about this offering, what it should be. And it says, tells you what is the kormachatos, it doesn't tell you what it is. It tells you it's either a sheep or a goat. So now we're telling, Torah is telling you that a sheep or a goat is the kormachatos. And then the Torah tells you, what happens if a person can't afford to bring a, a sheep? So the Pasuk says, You should bring two doves or two pigeons. That's the secondary. Now, what happens if he still can't afford even two pigeons or two doves? Then all what he has to bring is a, t- a tenth of a ephah of fine flour. That becomes a carbon which goes up and down depending on the what the person can afford. The Torah allows for various different atonements to be brought based on the uh, status of how much the person can afford. So all it is really, it's an articulation of what kind of a carbon. The Torah originally said you have to bring a carbon, you have to bring a sacrifice without detailing what it is. Then the Torah goes in and gives you this separate thing. So you're not going to say we're going to count the three mitzvahs. One for the rich one, one for the one less, and one for the even less one. There's three separate mitzvahs. No, that's not fitting. We should say, When the Torah tells us to bring a sheep or a goat, and this that the Torah told us to bring a tenth of an eifah, is three separate. For these are not really three commands. It's really one command. That is that you bring a sacrifice for a mistake you made. You bring a korban. And that korban is such. And if it's not possible, then you do this. But that's all it is. But it's really one mitzvah. Now, mitzvah. An example of a person accidentally uh, this is a uh, example uh, of a mistake in a shaking in a mitzvah for that from this type is also the uh, shigas mitzvah I'm not sure exactly who said uh, so Oh, oh, so he gives like this. The Pasik tells you in the book of Ayikra, that one who accidentally tra- violated commands of Hashem, uh, that that uh, should be one mitzvah, say. 
And the Torah says, Bushiakri Mashegi Khatus. The condition is, you made a mistake, you have to bring a Korban offering, a, 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 a sin offering as an atonement. Ubit knife. But the condition is that Shetia Hashigogo Bedover Shechayav Mazdeni Kodus. That the mistake should be such an item. When do you bring a Korban? If the sin is such that if you did it intentionally, then the penalty would be kodesh. So when you make a mistake, then you bring a kormachatis. And also, and there you must do an act. If it's not, if you're violating not by an act, or it has to be a prohibition. As we explained in our commentary on Hurts and Christus. So basically, uh, there is conditions when you bring a korban for a mistaken violation. But it has to be a loisus, it has to be an act, and it has to be something which you would, the punishment would be kodesh to be kodesh. What does shagit mean? Shagit means accidentally. So then, then the Torah tells you the particulars of this korban. Then the Torah gives you many laws. Omar says like this, Im if the mistake was done by an ordinary person, a person of the land, so then what is the kind of a carbon he brings? Then he brings a sheep or a goat. If he was a king, then then he brings only a goat. If he was a high priest, then he'll bring a, a, a bull. And if the mistake was they worshipped idols, so then the one who makes a mistake, anyone includes, would bring a, a female goat. And that would make a difference whether you're a king or you're an ordinary person or you're a goat. Just because we're changing the different carbon, that doesn't increase. If the one carbon is only one carbon, you bring a chatas over here. It's variations of what you bring it, but it's, well, it doesn't change it. Shu carbon shaygik. The Yashu litzim is harbe. It's a shaygik. It's not going to become many mitzvahs. Vilu hoyuzekain. Had this been so, that each change would have been its own mitzvah. Yimischayv gamkain shenim naimri kis besirish le mitzvah. So then we would say that if the Torah says bring a sheep or a goat, the sheep is one mitzvah, the goat is another mitzvah. If each type makes you another mitzvah. And when the Torah says two pigeons or two doves, then it's also two mitzvahs. There's two mitzvahs. Because one doves and one is pigeons. It's not so. The command in a korban is a positive mitzvah. And the fact that the one who brings the carbon, one brings a female goat. One brings a male goat. Who mitnayas the carbon, it's only conditions within the carbon. The ankle mitzvah, And a condition of any condition cannot be counted as a mitzvah by itself. I said, the Rambam says, understand this well. Because the mistake here is very hidden. Only somebody who understands will sense and he'll, one will, that he won't make the mistake in counting something which is just a condition as its own mitzvah. Then he says, An example from another example. 
and why the Rambam brings in all the uh, all these examples? But uh, still trying to give us. The, so now he's bringing an example from a woman who had an adulterous relationship. So over there, there is also yisala. So over here, it says that type also. Hashem says a betrothed woman that had an affair. So she gets stoning. Bas koyen b'sreifa, daughter of a koyen, gets sreifa burning. Zash lomas dineshesish. This is all the completion of the law of marriage. This is not separate halachas. This is all uh, a woman who is married. The rule. This is a continuation. And they made a mistake. Anybody I heard about had mistaken this. Umona eshesish mitzvah. They count the married woman a mitzvah. A night of Marosa, a betrothed woman, a woman, a girl betrothed, a mitzvah, or baskoyin mitzvah, a separate mitzvah of a baskoyin. It's not so. It's like I'm going to explain. It's not separate mitzvah. There's one mitzvah that the Torah says, not to have extramarital affairs. And then the tradition comes. What does it mean when it says, it doesn't say clearly, but we learn that it means it's talking about a married woman not to have outside affairs. Later on, the Torah articulates that the one who transgressed will be killed. The Torah says both of them should be killed. The one, the, the man and the woman who commits adultery. Then the Torah completed the details of this law. He makes conditions. And he says, This that I said, that that the both who committed adultery, the man and the woman, should be put to death. There's a distinction. If the married woman was a daughter of a coin, then the penalty is disordered. Burning. If she was a virgin and she was a betrothed uh, to um, then she gets biskila, then she gets stoning. She was a married woman already. And not baskoyin, then you get bechenek. Then this the penalty of bechenek choking. So when the Torah gives different types of penalties for death penalties, that doesn't make it an increase the mitzvah. Because we still haven't left. There's only one prohibition here. The prohibition is here that a married woman is, is what is not allowed to have outside affairs. That's all what it is. It's clearly, it says, everybody was included in the prohibition of outside affairs. And the Torah has taken out and made a different condition. Abbas Yisrael would get Skila, and Abbas Koyen would get Sreifa. So what they want to say with this, the prohibition of a married woman having an extraverbal affair. That includes all that the Torah says, most humus, that they should be put to death. The only question is, I believe, and the Torah just made a distinction in how this death takes place. Now we're going to talk about uh, uh, there is an example now here from somebody who kills somebody accidentally. Uh, if we should have counted now the particulars of this mitzvah because it's mentioned in the Torah 
So then we would have had to, would have been upon us, uh, we would not count just that killing somebody accidentally is just one mitzvah. Because the Torah has already been very particular in this mitzvah. Here's all the details what the Torah says. What the Torah says, if you beat him, this is from the verse, if you beat him with a with a uh, metal piece, that would be mitzvah. We want to mitzvah. By mitzvah shein is the second mitzvah. We would be oimri when the pasuk says, "V'even be'avin yata shiyomus boiko." If he smit him, he killed him with a stone, uh, with a hand. That would be number two. By mitzvah shlishi, the third mitzvah would be oimri oibichli eitz begoimeriko, or he beat him with a wooden. That would be another mitzvah. By mitzvah revi is oimri. The fourth mitzvah would be when Hashem says, "Goyla damu yomusel seretzeach." The redeemer of the blood, meaning the relative of the blood, he can kill the murderer. Machamish is if he doesn't run away to the city of refuge over there. Machamish is and the fifth is said that if he intentionally with hatred he pushes him. Machamish is all the psukim over there. or he threw upon him uh, cunningly. and the seventh he would say or he beat him with his hand with hatred. By mitzvah shminis and the eighth mitzvah emrevim bepesem leivadofay. If suddenly, without any hatred, he pushed him. By mitzvah shi is the ninth mitzvah emrevim. Or he shechol kol kliblitz dia. Or he threw upon him any vessel without, uh, without uh, attempting to. By mitzvah sidis and the tenth mitzvah bechol levish yomaz bavleirois. That if he any stone that he would die with it without, without him seeing it. The mitzvah yidal the eleventh one by yapel lova yomis. He fell upon him and he died. But he's not his enemy. I mean, these are all details. The Torah talks about Mitzvah. The twelfth one is the community, the Beitin. They should protect the Ritzeach until, for a while, he is uh, going, uh, running away until they can verify what's going on. The thirteenth that they should bring him back to the city of refuge. That's how long a person has to sit in the city of refuge if he killed accidentally. The 15th would be if he leaves. Uh, then you have a right to, if he leaves the city of refuge, then the Redeemer of the blood has a right to kill him. But Mitzvah Tezai, the 16th Mitzvah, would be that after the Kohen Godel dies, the murderer will return. So he says, If we did so in each Mitzvah and Mitzvah, we would do, count each detail of the Mitzvah. The number of mitzvahs would be more than 2,000. This is clear now what we lost because because this is all the particular of the, of the, of the question here. The, most, what, the, the one that we do count is one. There is a law for killing somebody accidentally. That's the law that we count. That's the command that we've been instructed to judge by these particulars, to just verify all the details. Also, the Torah refers to them as judge as the as the judgments. They're not mitzvahs. And he says that the judge, they should judge uh, the people about these uh, about these judges. Now he says like this: 
the mistake of the one who authored the book called Halachas Gedolus, and he already, this was his mistake, and he already has sort of realized the Halachas Gedolus, on some of these matters, and the way he uh, went around it, how he avoided these problems is by Umona Parshius Parshius. He started counting just like uh, paragraphs in the Torah. He didn't, that's the way he counted paragraphs. In his number, you have the portion of inheritance, Parshius the Dorim the portion of vows and oath, and the portion of one who gives out a bad name. Uh, about talk about uh, infidelity, and it was like that. He counts many different portions, so he counts like sections. The paragraph, he didn't understand this matter fully, but he said, but he did not actually figure out this fu- the thing fully. He did not reach to it, and therefore he counts in these parshas something that he counted earlier without sensing it. So he's challenging the way he counted it. And because other people did not realize Baba Shnel other people did not realize this principle. So in the mitzvah of leprosy, you don't have mitzvahs, love mitzvahs. He didn't know it's only one mitzvah, leprosy. And everything that the person mentions, they're just details of the laws and conditions. This is the explanation is that he Hashem taught us that you um, that a, a tzaras of a person is going to defile you and you become tome and you're liable for everything that the tomei uh, archive We're almost done, uh, which means hisrach kamigdish v'kadoshov. To go away, to distance yourself from the base of the kachim, but is chutz l'machan shechina, and to go outside of the camp of the divine. We don't know which kind of leprosy makes a person defiled, and which one does not make him tameh. The Torah comes to articulate and to separate the law. If it's this condition, that he's clean. If he's defiled. And if it was such a situation, he needs to wait such a time. To make him clean or, or to defile the process. Just like it's a mitzvah to clean him, it's also a mitzvah to make him tummy. And the mitzvah actually is to tell him you're either tummy or toy. But the difference matters of which a person become it's not fitting to count them because they're conditions and they're particular this is like we said that the bringing of a blemish is prohibited that's a loisef a blemish thing is no good but we still have to figure out what are the blemishes are we going to count every blemish in a separate mitzvah had we done counted each blemish, we would have 70 mitzvahs then. We had 70 blemishes. Just like we don't count the blemishes. What is a mum? What's not a mum? But we do count the warning. We just thought a blemished person, a blemished cone is not a dude. Whatever the Torah talks about. 
We don't also count the various different signs of leprosy. Which is Tomeh, which is Tomeh? We only say the Metzorah is Tomeh. The other ones are merely an articulation of what is considered leprosy. Based on this path, so every type and type of very different types we're not going to count the particulars of that particular kind from the tumors understand this rule that is the central pillar that what we're occupying himself in so you hear the Rambam go through great lengths to go through. And a lot of, I guess, the examples were because he was referring to what people before him had written. And basically he says, the details aren't the mitzvahs. It doesn't matter. Details, time, places, uh, the particulars, they're not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is one mitzvah, and the rest of them are just followed with this mitzvah. We'll do now, in the introduction to the Rambam, we'll do the eighth principle. And uh, basically the Rambam writes that it's not fitting that we count the opposite of the positive as a prohibition, as a losasa, uh, which is a command, which means like this, that sometimes the Torah uses the word low, shall not, but it doesn't mean do not. Shall not and do not, do not is a command. Shall not meaning is like telling you the story, you shall not defile, he will not, shall not, but it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a prohibition. So he says, he explains like this, Ramam said like this, Da, I want you to know, that a prohibition is one of two parts of instructions, because an instruction means basically Somebody's instructing you, but he can either instruct you one of the parts is to do, or he can instruct you not to do. So the prohibitions are instructions, as opposed to uh, telling you a consequence, something will happen and this will not happen, but it's actually part of a command. And that is, that you command to the one who is commanded, Either she yazit either she do one item, or she lo or she will not do it. As for example, you tell him to eat, but you say eat, or you tell him to distance yourself from food or you tell him don't eat. So he says like this: the ain beloshin ha'arvi shame in the. Arabic language, there is no name, there's no one word that Yichlel Shnei Elu Yonim Yachad that will include both of these matters together. They don't have like a word, a command, which would include whatever, it's okay, I'll get it in a second. Uh, which would include both the a command, both to do or not to do. Ukvar Higoyin I guess, I don't know, they, they already talk about it. Those people who, who do in the work of Higoyen, I don't know what, Hakala, what it means here, but maybe in the grammar or something, or the Arabic, whatever they were doing, I'm not sure. And this is what they say, this is the language. 
the instruction and the uh, warning, the instruction to do and the warning not to do, there is no name in Arabic, a name that would gather them, make them both together. There is no word. So therefore we need to call them, we call them, when he's writing, you call them with one name. We say instruction, we call them instruction, that is command, but command really means do, as opposed to including. So so I already I've told you that when there's a warning not to do, that is part of the command. There's a command not to do. What is the uh, word that is uh, used, uh, that is public, the public use in the Arabic language, which is meant for a warning, not to he milas loy, that says the word loy, no. That matter is found without a doubt, every language has no, which means uh, that is that you instruct, the one who is instructed, either do or don't do. Okay. So nevertheless, say like this. So what comes out? From this, it turns out that it's clear. That the positive and the prohibition, they're both complete instructions. They're commands. They're both commands. It's either a command to do or not to do. Um, there are matters that Hashem instructed us that we should do. And then also, and there's some matters He warned us not to do. The name of the mitzvah to do them is called mitzvah say, a positive mitzvah. And the name for that we are warned from them not to do them is mitzvah loisase, the mitzvahs that are commands that are prohibitions. What is the Hebrew name for the name that includes both do and not do's? They're called Gezeira, a decree, a command. That's called both of them together. So the, our sages called all the mitzvahs. What do they call them? They call them a mitzvah. It doesn't matter. Whether it's a mitzvah to do or not to do, they still call it a mitzvah. They see, say it's a mitzvah. Gezeira uh, smelach. That's the decree of the king. That means a prohibition. But on the other hand, we have something hashlila, the not, shall not, isn't a prohibition. That's not a command. That's a fact. Shall not, we're telling you a fact, not an instruction, but rather, not a mitzvah, but we're telling you a fact. This, pro, this negative, the not, is something else. That is to exclude one a matter from the subject. There is no instruction there. As for example, if you will say, the person did not eat yesterday. There's no prohibition. It says, no, did not. He did not eat. That's a fact. Or this individual didn't drink the wine. Or when you say, Reuven is not Shimon's father. It's not a command. It's just telling you it's not. 
All this is the knot of the positive. It's not a command. It is not... But There's not even a, a, a hint, a smell of, a, of an instruction here. In Arabic, when they want to say, instead of saying loy, they use not they use ma. They also use the word loy, no. Or ubilis. These are Arabic terms. But in the Hebrew, most of the time, even when it's not a command, but when it's just telling you no, the the not, it's also used with the language of loy. They use the word loy. Lo means no. So it turns out, in which which they would also warn, which the terrorist says, don't do. They say, lo, don't do this. They would tell you, lo, no. But also, and also with the word ain, they would uh, the, uh, say no. That would connect it with the other uh, uh, names. Uh, uh, like nick, nicknames, Kimoi Einam, not Veinam, they're not Einchem, you're not Vizulosum, and others. Omnam Hashlilis, be Ivris, be Milas Loi, but you also have the the no as a fact when using the word Loi is like, for example, Koimroi, when it says in the Posig, it says, Veloi come Novi Oid be Israel Kimoisha. Veloi means, and a prophet did not stand up amongst the Jews like Moshe. So we're not saying don't, there's not a, it says low, low means it did not, it's a, it's a, it's a fact that it didn't happen. Or it says, loy ish keil v'yichazim, God is not a man who would uh, be falsehood. Loy sokum pamayim tzore, you should not stand up twice a problem. These are all uh, expressions, uh, quotes. V'loy omad ish, no person stood up. V'loy kom v'loy he didn't get up and he didn't fear from him. Uh, and Verabim uh, Kaila, that's from the Megillah when Mordechai didn't get up for Haman, or Leomad Ish Bifneim, also from the Megillah. Verabim Kaila, men like this. Vashlila Ba'ayin, and sometimes you find the Shlila in the word used Ayin, there is no man. That don't know anything. It's not commands, these are just facts. Um, You have many cases like this. Whether it's a warning or it's the negation. I already explained to you the difference between a warning, which is an instruction, and just a negation of the, of the positive. This that the warning is a command, and it will only be in the impact that is equal. Ritzoni Lemra means to say, it means that it's the same, just like the effect of an instruction is forever. The mitzvah is forever, so the warning is also forever. And there is no reason, there's no sense to 
bring in an instruction in a story. Uh, a story has a topic and what it carries, but the tzivui is a maimer sholem. That's a complete statement. As explained in the books and schabs that were authored for this. Uh, a warning will also not be part, will not enter into a story that it will negate something in the past or the future. If you say no, it did, that means it didn't happen or it won't happen, but it's not. A command needs to be for all times. It's not talking about only past or only future. Uh, and present. This all would be explained by itself when you put in the effort. So that's why, since this is the case, so we're not going to count in the prohibitions those shame shlila, those who are negations, the mitzvah slice as a prohibition. Under no way. This is so evident that you don't need to, to bring a proof to this. You don't need witnesses for this. This is obvious. Besides that, we already mentioned our understanding the words. So that you can make a distinction between what is a warning. And what is just negation? As for example, dogma. Give you an example. The Torah says, "Loit It says, "She shall not go out as the slaves go out." Uh, so he says like this. Uh, the um, there is there is a law about a woman slave. It says that she shall not go out like the male slaves. So we say, Lloyd Tate says she shall not go out like the male slaves. So there was other people, so other people besides other people, other ones, they made a mistake, he says. They, they didn't realize. They counted, she shall not go out as the slaves go out, they counted as a prohibition. He didn't realize this is only a negation, but it's not a warning. It's not a mitzvah. It's never one. And let me explain this as I'm going to relate to you now. Uh, he says that one who beats his uh, non-Jewish slave or maidservant and if during the beating he, he beat him that he took away one of the main limbs, and he got free. So then in our thought it would enter, if this is so by a slave who's a non-Jew, most likely, for sure, this should be the same thing by a maidservant who is Jewish. So if one of her foreign limbs, if the, if the master heard her in such a way, she should go out. And the Torah says, this din is not, she shall not go out like the servants go out. As if the Torah is saying, that he is not obligated that she goes out free by lacking one of her limbs. That is taking away the din from her, not a 
It's not a new warning over here. It's just saying that we don't treat her like we would treat somebody else, but that doesn't become a warning. This is the people with tradition explained it. He's proving it. It says, That she would not go out with the limbs, had limbs as the Canaan had go out. So here you see that this is taking away one of the halachas which has been taken away from her. Hashem didn't warn us here, a new warning here. But we just took her away from what was the other. Oh, so then, okay, it gives you another example. Uh, and there is no difference between uh, that she should not go out as the slaves go out. She said, Oh, there's a verse that says that the Koyin need not inspect the yellow here, he will be Tome, which means also in this case, it's not a warning, but it's only negating that it's different. The Torah is relating to us that with that sign, if there's a yellow here on the leprosy, doesn't require to close them away. Because it's not a question that he is tummy. Or the Pesach says, that they should not be poor, put to death because uh, she had not been betrothed. I mean, he's talking about she wasn't really married when they had a relationship. What, they're, what, the, what the Torah discusses over there. The Torah says uh, they should not die. Uh, it's a Apparently, there's a mistake. Of, no. Uh, so he gives you this is an example. This is only uh, uh, negating. It's not a warning. He's, the Torah is only telling you that they're not liable for Misa. For her freedom has not been completed. They shouldn't be killed. Lo yumosu, they shouldn't die. Shabakach yeitzim inyan aslil inyan azora. From this, it goes out from lo yumosu. If you say lo yuktol, they shouldn't be put to death. That would take it out from the negation of it to becoming a warning. Kaimre lo yumosu lo yuchaposoi. Uh, because when he say they shouldn't be put to death, like he's saying, not don't be killed, but he's saying, we're talking about a, that, that, that the, the girl has no sin of, of death, he's talking about when she was forced by another person, she didn't do it willingly, the Torah says. The Torah has negated from her the obligation of being put to death because she was forced against her will. Here too, the Torah takes away the Riga because of the death, because of their slavery. As if he would say, There is no sin of death here because she was not been she has not been freed and she's still not considered to be uh, oh, the marriage and everything else to require death. The Torah says, you shall not be like Korach and his community that fought against Moshe. This is another example. That's a shlila. Chom explained that that is a prohibition. What does it mean? He said, Hashem related to us. Anybody who fights against, who disagrees with the priesthood, the Yairba, he will uh, make problems. So he will not 
be upon him like it happened to Kerich and his community in which they were swallowed up and they were burned. That's not going to happen to him. But he's going to be punished like Hashem spoke to Moshe. He'll get leprosy if you disagree with the Kuna. This is what Hashem told him. Bring your hand into your bosom in which it turned out to leprosy. Because he wanted to become a Koyen, who wasn't a Koyen, and Hashem struck him with leprosy. He was struck with leprosy. Uzziah, 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 king of Yehuda. Uzziah Melch Yehuda. And even though we find, I'm just trying to finish here, let me see. Maybe we'll leave it over here. Let me just finish this piece and we'll leave it for tomorrow a little bit. Uh, so even though he says, uh, are we up to here? Um, so even though he says we find there's another language, the Gemara Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, the Gemara says anybody who supports, who keeps on disagreement, fights, is actually violating a prohibition because the Torah says, don't be like Korach and his community, which were fighting. This is just leaning on it. This doesn't mean that the, um, this is simple meaning the Pasik. The prohibition against this is another prohibition against carrying machlokes. But as I'll explain in this place, he says, only the contents can determine in my posik shlila is the posik a, ne- a negation or oh, yazhora it's a warning there is nothing to tell you to distinguish between what is negation or what is a warning zulus besides only the, the, the topic of the, of the saying is what will, uh, will tell you the difference so the Rambam says like this: You shall not distinguish based on the word "no." Uh, that shouldn't tell you whether it's a, pro, a command "don't" or you sh- or you shall not, which is not in a command, but it's uh, telling you a a, a fact uh, or the negation of the fact. Because the word used for it will not, or it shall not, you will not, is the same word as a command, do not, which is a command. That is the word loy. Loy means no. No can either mean a command, don't, or loy can mean you shall not. So the one who understands needs to understand the subject matter of what this statement is. And that quickly you will grasp, therefore, which prohibition is a uh, negation, is a negative, and, but it's not a command. And which one uh, is actually a warning? It's a command. In that which we had already explained. And this has been hinted, peace out to them, on this subject, referring to the rabbis. This is, sometimes we find a disagreement. By certain uh, prohibitions, of the prohibitions, whether how to treat it. Is that 
uh, negation of the uh, without a command, or it's actually azhar, it's a warning. That is when the Pasik says Bechatusaif, but it talks about the khatas of the bird, it says, yabdil. So over there the, the verse talks about you do the malika with the finger, uh, with the finger nail, he goes ahead and he 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 he, he uh, opposite the neck he, he 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 kills the bird, but he doesn't separate it. So the question is for our that's the one who is speaking in the language of the Mishnah he thinks that this is a warning that you shall not separate you should just slaughter it without separating he says if you had separated that would disqualify it so based on this uh, Idea she is a law mitzvah slices that this law would be a prohibition. That means that if you split the separated the head, it would disqualify. The same as if he brought soy uh, um, or honey, which is yeast or honey or uh, sourdough on the temple. The Torah says don't bring it. Same thing would be if he did it if he separated. But Rabbi Shimon holds Shlila. He holds this is only a negation of the positive, meaning it's only a story, which means it's not a warning. When he says don't split it, boy, what he means to says, she says means you don't need to split the head. Not that there is a prohibition against splitting the head, but you don't need to split the head. But you cut it at any any one you want. But the Torah is just telling you, cut it, but you don't have to split it. But not that the Torah is telling you, don't split it. That's why, according to his view, if you did separate it, it's going to be kosher. So they said in Morazachim. I heard that they would split the chatos oif, which the Torah says melika, that you do that, that they would split it. So So what does it mean, don't split? It means, you don't need to split. So it doesn't mean that you shall not split, but it means it's not necessary to split. So the Gemara asks, this says, by the pit also it says that if a person digs a pit, then the person says, and he doesn't cover it, and somebody falls in, then he's responsible for digging the pit. But are you going to say there too, and he shall not cover means, well, it's not necessary to cover. And the answer came. So what did the Gemara answer over there? So over there too means, means you don't need to cover it. No, it says, Since the verse says that the owner of the pit, the one who dug the pit, needs to pay, that means that it does require covering up. So here you have already clear, explained, that from the understanding of the statement, you will take evidence whether it's just a storyline or it is a warning. And also, we hear that they said, according based on the Mishnah, when it says, should not separate, means actually a prohibition. And from this you explain, they said about the 
if that's the Malika we're talking about, the Chatos Oif, that's when you bring a bird for a Chatos. Here we're talking about Oilas Oif, it says, Vishisa Oisoi Biknofov, Lo Yavdil. Over there, the Torah also says that with its wings, Lo Yavdil, not to separate, we don't have to count that Kushlila. Over there, it's only a shlila. It's not a warning. It's not a prohibition. According to all opinions, over there, it will be kosher. But what it turns out, since by the oil it says that when you bring an oil from a behemoth, then you have to cut up the pieces. Then it would enter your mind that the same thing should be by the oil of the bird. He says, no, you don't have to split it. Say means just uh, break it up without totally splitting it. But if you split it, it's kosher. As explained in this place. Included in these prohibitions, is also, which means those prohibitions that are shlila, they're not as hard, not warnings, they're not part of the prohibition. That any cheirem, meaning a person makes cheirem, uh, consecrates something, that the person, lo yipodet, should not be redeemed. It will be explained to you, she's a shlila You'll know that this is not a warning, it's not a prohibition, but it's a shalila. Once you understand what the subject of that matter is. Uh, that Pasuk has already discussed uh, monetary set amounts, uh, when a person makes a value, wants to give, he says, your value I'm going to give to charity for the Beis Amigdash. The Torah says, so there is a calculation based on the years of the person that you are evaluating. Or there's a male or a female, there's different prices. It doesn't make a difference if you say my own values on me, whoever, what you are. Or somebody else's values upon me. In either way. Then we see who is that individual. Mihu who he is, I mean, is man, male or female, become a shenoisov, and what his age is. And based on that, you have to give. If the person that you evaluate was a person who was already convicted by the Beisden, and he has to get the death penalty, and it's already been completed, his judgment, then a person who says, would say, the value of this person on me, he wouldn't have to give anything. Why? Because he's considered like a person who's dead. He has no value. Once the judgment has been completed that he's supposed to be put to death, there's no more value to him. So in here, when we say, and this talks about the uh, uh, so it, um, it means, there is no money to him that the one who evaluates needs to give. And this is part of the laws of Erkim and the laws that the Pasik speaks about. But the this is not a prohibition over here. means that you don't have to redeem him because he has no value, because he is, uh, was convicted already. And the Talmud explains, articulates, this is conditional. That he has to, that he 
left a Jewish court. In other words, if it's a Goyish court that he was convicted, that wouldn't apply. We're talking about only in a Jewish court. Veloshe Mechilta, the language of Mechilta is Chayvim Mrs. Bedin, Eilam Pidgin. Those who are liable for Mrs. Bezdin have no redemption. Shinamar, Kol Chayrim Ashiyachem in Odom, Lo Yipodem Meishumas. Any Chayrim that is going to be from the Odom should not be redeemed, he should put, be put to death. Meishumas means put to death. That person is put to death, meaning he has no value, and therefore you don't have to pay anything. So look into the language of the statement, and the particulars of the looking. How they explain that this is only a shalila, it's not a warning, it's not a command, but just the negation. They said, They don't have redemption. In other words, they have no value. They don't say you don't redeem them. So there's no prohibition against redeeming them, but there is no monetary value over there. But it's not a new prohibition, but rather a fact that because they are put to that, there is no uh, prohibition there. This idea itself, they explained in the Sifra, in the section of Archim, they said, how do we know that those who are liable for Mrs. Bezdin? That if another person says, well, uh, you know, the person himself says he was already condemned to death, and then he says, my value is upon me, I have to give it to the He doesn't say nothing, so it says, it shouldn't be redeemed. How do we know that he's not liable for the Erech? I already explained this in the beginning. Total explanation. I can say, There should be no doubt remaining in this at all. Even with a person who is, has a thick intellect, meaning a person who's dumb even, uh, in, amongst people could understand what I'm trying to say over here. He says now, further he says, Yishomer Penbeal, be careful, lest an al, uh, these languages of Yishomer Penbeal, the Torah uses, the Torah gives you warnings, prohibitions, in one of Arba Milis, in four words. Any time the Torah warns you with one of these four languages, Yikra Mitzvah Sloisa said that would be called a prohibition. Behem and they are his Shomer, be careful. Pen lest, Va'al no, Veloi, and no. Ubebiyur Amru. And explicitly they said, the Chachomim Kalmakum Shnemar his Shomer Pen Va'al, wherever it says Shomer Pen Va'al, Eina Eloisas, Eina Eloisas, that is but a prohibition. Tzivui Lahachriz Shaloyasinu Dover. When there is a command to announce that we hadn't done anything, uh, that's another uh, definition. If we are instructed to announce that we didn't do anything, that becomes a positive, but it's not. We're, 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 an announcement that we didn't do anything is not a prohibition, because we're announcing the announcement is, is a positive. We we're doing something, but we're announcing that we didn't do anything is that becomes a command, a, a positive mitzvah, but it's not a prohibition, it's not a warning. 
what is left for us to explain one matter. So that that will complete the intent of this principle, of this gate. When the Torah relates the decree upon us, that we should clean our souls, and we should not, we should reject from ourselves a certain act. So that act, that will be part of the prohibitions. Even though the love uh, that comes in it is a shlila and not a warning. Since there is a command that we should reject it from our soul, so even though it's like a story, it's a happening, it's a shlila, it still becomes a mitzvah. And he says, I didn't do such and I didn't do such. So then we know. We, we can figure out, it follows, it must follow, then, then you're warned not to do so. If you say, I didn't do such and such, that means that you're not allowed to do such and such. Like if the Torah says, like we say, we make a declaration. The person, while he was an oinen, meaning when somebody died in the family, that's called an oinen, at that first day, and I did not, so he didn't eat the kachim, or I did not uh, burn for it while I was not clean, I didn't give to the maize. That's a declaration we make when we bring the miser, Shani, which you're not allowed to eat in, in the, under those circumstances, because you know to use it for fire or or uh, use it for uh, shrouds for lemes. So he said he didn't do it. So So that shows that anything that affects from this that you're warned because you're saying that you didn't do it. So the Torah is right telling you that you're not allowed to do it. So the explanation of these matters will come in its place when we're going to discuss these mitzvahs, then we're going to explain all these things. So, uh, so the Rambam is actually saying over here that tzivul achlasinu dover is a mitzvah v'loyaz horah that, that the part two that we announce is the mitzvah. But we can learn that what we're announcing about becomes a prohibition. And that's what the counterprohibition. These are all important because once we'll go through all of them, we'll see which one is a mitzvah uh, which one is a prohibition, which one is part of the 365, and which one is not, which is part of the 248, uh, and which one is not. And that's why all these rules and principles are going to teach us the necessary way, the proper way how to count these mitzvahs. We're going to do now the uh, principles of the Rambam, and um, we're going to do now the principle uh, number, uh, number 9. Okay, yeah, we didn't... Okay, uh, principle number nine. So this principle number nine, uh, the Rambam is going to discuss um, how that we don't count normally, we, we wouldn't count like two times the... Um, two times the same... Um, the same law. Let's, if the Torah finds like a few times the prohibitions... We're not going to, or two times the mitzvah. We don't count each one as a separate mitzvah. Let's see what it says here like this. 
that it's not fitting just to count anytime there's a prohibition or a positive to do each one as a separate mitzvah, but rather what we're counting is Elo uh, but only the item which is being worn for prohibition or the mitzvah that to do. In other words, we don't care how many times the Torah says to do it or how many times the Torah says not to do something. That wouldn't add the additional number of the mitzvah. We're just looking at what has been warned and what has been uh, instructed. That instruction remains one, as we'll see. Da. Once you know all the commands of the Torah, also the warnings not to do, come out in four different matters. Number one is bedeis. It's in your mind what you can believe or not believe. That's things that are in your mind. Ubepulos that's in action. Bemidos that's in character. Ubedibur and in speech. Those are the four various different types where all the mitzvahs are done. Uh, Lahamin in, 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 in the uh, Hasidus Chabad, we always talk about Machshava, Dibur, and Maisa. So, uh, but over here, that's thought, speech, and action. That's what we talk about, with which we do the mitzvahs. So here he also talks about Dibur, and he also talks about Machshava, thoughts, and days, and he also talks about action, but he also adds the character because those are also, also to be infused with the midas uh, of your heart, uh, with the, everything, the machshava, the But in the Rambam over here, we find the, two, the, different, the four different things. This is, sometimes he explains. So sometimes Hashem tells us to believe one view of, of different views, as for example, this that Hashem commands us to believe in the unity, that there's only one God, and there's only one, that Hashem is, the, is only, is Yichud. and also the love of Hashem, loving God, and having awe of Hashem, fear of Hashem. Or we're warned, this is the prohibition, is not to believe in one of the other uh, opinions, as this that he instructed us, that we should not believe that there could be any masters to somebody besides Hashem. Nobody is in charge outside of Hashem. So this is in beliefs. Now we have also He's told us to do certain things of different activities. As for example, he told us we should bring sacrifice, we should build the Mikdash. And also, and he also warned us not to do certain things of, of that, that, that are done. Ask him, he's warned us, he's not allowed to bring an offering to someone besides Hashem. Or from bowing down to something that is worshipped outside of Hashem. You're not allowed to do that. So that's already in Acts. Then we have also instructed to conduct yourself with a character of, of other, of, amongst char- of characteristic, as for example, Hashem told it to be as compassionate, and pity, and charity, and kindness. You shall love thy fellow as yourself. And then he also has warned us against uh, having 
emotions, characteristics of the emotions. As Hashem has warned it, not to hate, not to take revenge, not even to hold it in your mind, and, and seeking blood, and all other kinds of bad characteristics, Hashem has warned it. As we'll explain. So that's all in your emotion. Then you have also, there's also told us to say certain things of among saints. As for example, that we should praise him, that we should pray to him, that we should confess for our sins, for our guilt. Similar to as will be explained. He also warned us from speaking certain speeches. He warned us not to swear falsely. Or not to carry tattletale from one to the other. Evil tongue. And to curse. And other things. Those are things we're connected them out. So now he's saying. So these are, those are the contents. But if there's a repetition for this instruction... That's to give force. But it's not adding a new mitzvah. It's the same mitzvah. It's just the Torah would emphasize it to lend force. And when these things uh, reach you, so then it's fitting that we should count those uh, subjects, the, either the command or what has been warned. Whether it's an action or a dibur or a speech or a moon or a belief or a midor or a characteristic. But we're not going to pay attention to the many times that we were commanded for that same thing. Whether it's talking, if we're talking about a positive or to the many warnings that come from the same point, if they're prohibitions. Because they're only there for support. Because sometimes, in the same subject, he will return as one warning after another warning, and it's only meant it's meant for support, to give support to this command, to, to instruct. The same thing is sometimes a command, uh, positive, to do something will come, follow another one that has already been said, but that's only there for support. However, there's an exception. If you're going to find in the language of our sages <coughs> that make a difference in the subject, and the Mefarshim will explain to you. They will say that every prohibition amongst them or every positive that would include another matter Besides, it includes something more than the first prohibition. Then without a doubt, you should count it. Because if the extra prohibition or the extra positive mitzvah is adding something from the other ones, then we should count it. Because then it is not there, it does not remain just to uh, support, but it's to add the subject matter. Even though what is revealed, as we look at the verse, we don't see that extra thing that it's coming to teach us in the simple text of the verse. But, uh, uh, so he says, So we won't be need to say that this Pasuk has been duplicated 
just for support. And it's not an Indian. Just because we don't see it in the simple meaning, we're not going to say, well, oh, okay, this is just a, a extra support, but it's not a new subject. But that, that will take away the statement of those commentaries that accept it. If we find a tradition that says that this command or this warning carries this matter such, and that this command that has been duplicated, the warning carries in it another subject, that comes first, and that's proper, because of that best is to say that we're not going to say that the verse just duplicates it. We'd rather say that the verse came to teach us a new idea. That's to count each one separately. So that means when we do have a possibility to say that the additional prohibition came to add something new, even if it's not clear in the verse, but our sages have interpreted that way, we would rather say that. But what happens in a situation we don't find there is no nothing new? But if there is no additional matter, there's nothing new came in. Then you should know the truth is that it hasn't been duplicated, rather to support. So the person should know that this is a grave sin. It's done duplicated. Since it comes a warning, after no warning, that means it's a, it's a grave sin. Or it's been duplicated to f- complete the laws of the mitzvah. Or that we should learn from it a law from the other mitzvahs. Sometimes, the, as the Talmud explains, that sometimes we have it empty. Empty meaning there's no reason for it to stay here. And it's just placed over there so that we can use the Gzereshavah, which is two, two similar words in the Torah that would teach us about the other place. Here, behold, we found it that peace unto them, our sages, they've hinted in this, on this, uh, this idea in the Talmud in, in Tractate Psochim in the second chapter. And that is that they intended for one of the uh, prohibitions that appears that it has been duplicated. Because already the warning. They already knew from somewhere else. So now we have and they were trying to figure out that why does they have an extra posik to teach us something new. So there it says in the way of a question. So Ravina, one of the rabbis, says to Rabashi, Maybe the reason why we have it a second time is to tell you that you are going to be violating two prohibitions. Kulaymer, what it means to say, this that you're trying to f- make this prohibition that you're trying to say that it's coming to tell us a matter besides the matter that we know already from the first prohibition and you were trying so the question is for what matter should you trouble maybe the reason he duplicated is just there should be two prohibition, not to teach us anything new from the from this new case, from the new prohibition, but just to tell us two provision. What is the Gemara answers? He says, wherever we have confined 
a way to expound it, we're going to expound it. And we're not going to say that this is just an extra prohibition. In his Barlach, so here you have it clearly. That any prohibition which isn't coming to add a new subject, something new, is called extra, which means that means that he's duplicated. Even if when they say that it is to violate, to transgress two violations, it still remains an extra love. Even though it says two love, it's still a love yeser. As we'll explain from this, uh, this statement over here. It's not fitting to count it because it's duplicate. So even though it's two lavim, but it's not counted as in, the, in the number as more than one lav. So here you have it clear that it's not with the increase of the prohibitions or the positive, it's going to make more mitzvahs. The Torah can say several times, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to become another mitzvah. It's just duplicate, and it doesn't become another mitzvah. Gives you an example. Dugma. Mitzvah says Shabbos. For example, the mitzvah of Shabbos, of keeping Shabbos. So it's known that the command on Shabbos to rest, it has been duplicated in the Torah 12 times. Will then one of the ones who are counting the mitzvah will then he come up and say that the positive mitzvah of resting on Shabbos is 12 mitzvahs just because the Torah says 12 times you should rest? Rhetorically, also the Torah has warned us seven times not to eat blood. So anybody with logic, the Yomer will say that there is seven mitzvahs for prohibition of blood. Nobody will make such a mistake. Nobody will make a mistake. There's going to be one mitzvah of the positive mitzvahs to rest on Shabbos. And the warning against eating blood. It's only one mitzvah from the prohibitions. Then when the language says, well, the Talmud uses, he has violated many lavim. That does not double the prohibitions. But you should know, that you, even when you find the language of our sages, that one who, who violated a certain prohibition, has violated so much loving, or somebody who wastes and doesn't do a certain item, has violated so many asses, that still would not conclude, you shouldn't conclude from this, that they should count each love, each one separately. Not each other separately. Because the subject matter is one. But when we say that you violated so many positives, that so many prohibitions, because of the duplication of a tzivah, in that mitzvah is mitzvah. He says, because he violated the warnings in that mitzvah. He did violate many warnings. Hashem said it many times. It's not a separate count of a separate mitzvah, but there were several times when Hashem says not to do it. Or he violated many times Hashem says to do it. He says, by God, he says, in if you don't find them clearly say that you will get two times lashes or three times lashes, 
then you count each one separately. Why? Because you don't get two malchus for one for one prohibition. As explained from what it's been public in the Talmud of Makas and others. But you will get two times Malkus, two times Lashes for two separate names, which means two matters that come with a warning, each one separately. This would be the distinction if they say that you're valid for this and this. We're saying you get lashes twice. You get twice three. He's giving you an example. Tzitzis tefillin. Let's say the mitzvah of tzitzis. The mitzvah of tefillin. Or cheating a convert. And what would be the proof of what I said when they said if a person doesn't have tzitzis on his garment, which means he's wearing a four-cornered garment and he doesn't have tzitz in it, he says that um, he violates five positive mitzvahs, because the five times the Torah says that you have to put tzitzis on the corner of your garments. Because the language of the command has been duplicated five times. Echad, one that says, they should make tzitzis. Sheini says, they should place on the tzitzis of the corner. Shlishi, should be for tzitzis. Revi, the fourth one, Gedilim you should make yourself gedilim. Those are the tzitzis. This, this translates chamisha al arba kafes kusecha on the four corners of your garment. Umetzonu lem loshim evur mitzvah tzitzis shumotzvah achas. But then we find a clear language that it's only one mitzvah tzitzis. Kamoshav vayikshe eskores. As I'll explain when I'll find when I'll mention it. Val derech zeh be'atzma. The same thing is when they said kol she'enim aniach tefillin. I'm a b'shmoyne essay. One who doesn't place what on tefillin is violating eight uh, uh, obligations. The Torah has quoted uh, eight times, which would include both the hand and the head and the hand. The same thing is that they said a koyin who doesn't go up to the platform to duchen to bless will be violating three uh, mitzvahs, three asses. Because the Torah said three times that they should go up and bless. Nobody who counts the mitzvahs is going to say there are three mitzvahs over there. But since it's Chomish mitzvahs and since it's five mitzvahs, it's full of Shemayna mitzvahs and full of eight mitzvahs. Since that is the way it is, we shouldn't count cheating a convert. We shouldn't count three mitzvahs either. Just because the Torah has duplicated the warning. Because the Gemara says, One who uh, causes pain to a convert will be violating three prohibitions. The one who presses him is three prohibitions. But there's only two. I guess is actually, I think, with the words over here, not to say, not to hurt his feelings. By words, Lezichotzeno means actually by doing or uh, stealing from him or doing other things to him. At the present, and the warning has uh, uh, been warned of this. But this is clear without a doubt. Just because the Torah says twice, uh, two times, don't, don't, doesn't mean that we count it as each one as a separate mitzvah. 
it's just a duplicate. The warning has been repeated a second time, but it's it's a repeat, but it's not an additional. It's not additional prohibition. It says, well, this is without a doubt. He's, he brings down, the Gemara articulates it. The Gemara says, that's in the uh, Talmud, the Metzia. It says, How come the Torah warns us 36 times about a convert? Not to press him, not to tease him, not to cause him any uh, hardship. Why was the Torah... So he says, uh, Because he can turn away bad. You know, if you mistreat him, he can go right away. He's away. Back with, uh, because he can go bad, 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 turn away. So, see, so Rambam said, Can there possibly be one person that is going to say, Can there one say, That there are 36 Mitzvahs, Miklaut Ariag Mitzvahs, amongst the 613 Mitzvahs, so 36 of them are with regards to a Ger. A Ger is a convert. That's something which his saying would not, you know, be, uh, take hold, not spread out. When we count the number of Mitzvahs, that's the count of topics. He is by I explained to you already completely. That it's not fitting to count any time the Torah says no as a separate mitzvah. And not every positive to count it again. Just because it was duplicated. But what we do count, the fitting way is to count the subject. Either the positive mitzvah of them or that which has been warned not to do. So it's the subject, what we should do or not do, not how many times the Torah says we should do and repeats the same thing or not to do the same thing. The E.F.S.A. And it's not possible to know when the prohibition or the positive has been duplicated, that it's coming to add to the subject matter, add a new detail, a new aspect. It's only when a teacher teaches you and tells you there's something not. Those are the ones that have, by tradition, have the interpretation. They have the right to tell us what is an extra, what is a duplicate, what is only duplicate, or what adds to it. So he says, take for example, also let you not make a mistake because sometimes we see that the warning is duplicated and the Torah uses changes the wording it's not the exact same wording as for example the Torah says that means that one should not go pick up when you picked up from the fruit from the tree you're not allowed to go ahead and pick off the little grapes, let's say, that were left over there. You can't go back. You have to leave them for the poor people. The Torah says, once you've done taking the tree, don't go ahead after you've taken off. But that is, says, that is said in the Torah, the Torah has first said, that that if you are, let's say you're bundling the field, that you're bundling all the bundles, and you forgot one bundle there, you went home, you wrote out, you forgot one bundle, 
The Torah says, Lo toshu lekachto. Don't go back to take it. Ba'amrei, the also the Torah says, Ki tachbe zisecha, lo tefayra charecha. That when you are going to banging down the olives from the trees, the Torah says also, lo tefayra charecha. Don't go ahead and go take the the pear, the, 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 the small uh, afterwards. So basically what it means is that the Torah doesn't want you to go back to collect what you've missed out in the first time. Whenever you're taking it, you shouldn't go back. So he says, These are not two separate prohibitions. Um, it's really one warning. It's the same subject. And what the Torah is saying is, Torah says that not to take that which you have forgotten, either from the grain or from the fruit when you're gathering them. Don't go back and, and collect them again. And the Torah brings you two examples. One with the grapes and one with the olives. And it calls the what's left over from the grapes, they call them oilois. Paris. And what's left over from the olives, he calls them Paris. So but the Torah is saying you don't go back for what what you have forgotten. Those are the branches. So he says, Then you have a love which is has the generality it carries uh, carries various uh, various topics now what is fitting to also uh, connect to this principle is what I'm relating now this is that we said that it's fitting to count the subjects as a mitzvah of them and also what you have warned not to do, who it's conditional that in the matter that you are warned from it's there's a each individual has a prohibition. or a proof in which the people that quote to uh, there is a difference one from the other. And the warning is for each subject. You have a separate warning. But if you have one prohibition which includes many different matters, so then we just counted just one prohibition. Because there is no separate prohibition for each one. We have one general prohibition. Not every matter and matter, not every topic that is included. He's going to give an example. This means a general love which comes in the a generality, you won't get lashes for the commission of Bayrat. We'll explain now. He says, like this. It says, the Torah says, don't eat. The Torah says, don't eat on the blood. What does it mean? Don't eat on the blood, meaning, don't eat, in this case it says, how do we know, the Gemara says, if you eat from the animal before it died. So like there's a limb of the animal, so it's called the Eber Minachai. 
Don't eat on the blood. Meaning while the blood is still there, while there's still a living animal, you're not allowed to eat any part of the animal. That's Eber Minachai. Another interpretation. That talks about something totally else. Something differently. That you can't eat the meat what, as long as there's still blood in the serving vessel, which means the when you bring an offering, so the meat that is eaten to the owners of the kahanim cannot be eaten while you're still blood in the in the and you haven't done, you haven't sprinkled it on the mizbeach. So that's another interpretation. How do we know that we don't uh, do the mevorim? Is a special meal when a person who dies. You make the first meal uh, for the family, like the. But if a person was killed by Basin for a sin, then they don't do this havara. How do we know this? the same Don't eat on the blood, meaning somebody who uh, was killed. And Rabakiva says, how do we know that a Sanhedrin who killed somebody they wouldn't eat that all day? Omar, so all the learning from the same pasuk, let's say, Chaldon, one pasuk is telling us all these various halachas. Where did the Torah warn for a son who turns away and has a rebellious son? The Torah talks about the punishment for a rebellious son, but what about, where did the Torah tell? Chaldon is warning that. So now we have five topics. You have five subjects. All of them are warned of them. They're all included under this one prohibition. And further, how do we know that a person shouldn't eat before davening? You have to first pray and then eat. So, which means. Don't eat before praying for your blood. And the Gemara clearly says in the Talmud and Sanhedrin when it counts these matters, that you won't get lashes for all of them. It's a general prohibition. And there is no malchus for a general love. They also explain that you, you get two or three prohibitions from one no, there is no and we learn three things from it it's not proper it's not fitting that we should count every prohibition prohibition in which this was included in this one prohibition but we, all, we just count one Prohibition, which is don't eat the, the the meat with the blood. Just like this love, Amru they said, It says, you're not allowed to put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. You can't trip him. You can't, if a person is blind, you're not allowed to put a stumbling block over him. But the same thing would be true in. Because it also includes many matters that will be expect, uh, as will be explained. This also means, in the broader sense, it means if somebody is on 
un, uh, unaware, you're not allowed to give him a wrong advice. Like you can't tell him, oh, go invest in the in the stock, and you know that the stock is, is they're going out of business, for example. So you're putting a stumbling in front of a blind person. And the same thing would be, let's say, also in certain cases, let's say you're handing somebody else something not kosher, and he doesn't know, he thinks it's kosher. So you're putting him a stumbling block because you're, uh, you're, you're, you're deceiving him. That's called a blind person because he's not aware, it's called blind, and you're deceiving him. So he says, we learn many things from this prohibition. He says, you shall not carry a false, uh, false, false hearings. Meaning not to accept, uh, and it includes various things. We'll explain, it includes many things. This is one type of general love, which means one Pasik talks about various different things. It only has one prohibition, not many. But then you have love should close base, which is Amin Hashem, is the second kind. That that is going to come as a pro- one prohibition. It's going to prohibit many things which are connected and they're added one on top of the other. Who? He says, Don't do such and such. And he says, We have two parts to this thing. Because sometimes you will be, the liability of the lashes will be for each thing that comes as a result from anything that is connected. That this is a love which is in the clothes. Those prohibitions that the Chachamim explained that for each one and one you would be liable for the lashes. So those that's what we count each one as a mitzvah by itself from the 365 uh, prohibitions. Each one will be its own. And this that they have articulated the rabbis that you just be of only one for all. Then we will count it only one mitzvah as we had set up in this rule. That one will not get more than one lashes from one name under no circumstances. When they clearly uh, obligated that in every matter and matter from these matters that are connected that you would get lashes. And that is when you do them all together, you'll get many lashes. Then we know it has to be that they're separate names, they're separate uh, entities. Then we have to count each one separately. If each one warrants a prohibition of a love of Malchus, then we know each one separately. I'm going to mention now many examples from this, uh, from the two parts of this second kind. Uh, it's possible that I'm going to mention all the prohibition that are from this type until what's intended here is going to be fully explained. Um,
So he says over here. Gonna do now. He wants to say lavshe beklolus, which shein loy kin olav, that you won't get malchus. So he says Amri is barich. The Hashem says b'seha pesach when it comes to the sheep of the pesach. The Torah says al toichlu mimenu no. You're not allowed to eat from it, not fully cooked, the korban pesach. And if it's cooked in water. We count this as one prohibition. And we're not going to count. One thing is don't eat it raw mitzvah. And not eat it cooked a separate one. Mitzvah is a separate mitzvah. Since in this case there's no separate no, there's no separate love. Third doesn't say, don't eat from it, not fully cooked and not bushel But in one prohibition, the two matters. And they connected one to the other one. And the second chapter of the second, say, If you ate it not cooked fully, you get two lashes. If you uh, if you ate it cooked, like a stein. If you ate it, no mevushal, meaning you ate it cooked in water and also raw, then you would get three. says. And the reason is because he says you do get lashes for the lav, which is inclusive. No, when you ate it, one uh, not cooked, he did two prohibitions. First of all, he ate it. No, the says, don't eat from uh, not fully cooked. There is a love which is taken from the general rule. Don't eat it but roast it. But he ate it also. So at first he ate it not roasted and he also didn't cook it fully. According to his opinion of Rabbah, of Abaya, you would be getting three. First of all, not even fully cooked. Because he ate it cooked. Because he ate it not roasted. And over there, the Gemara says about this saying, Rabbah says we do not get lashes because it includes the uh, clothes. Uh, some say that he does get one. If he eats it, he gets only uh, uh, one. That he won't even get one. Because there's no specific love as the prohibition of chasima, which is not to muzzle the uh, animal. When you're, when you're working with the animal, you must let it eat. It's a prohibition against muzzling the animal. The Torah says, don't muzzle the ox when you're threshing with it. That's one prohibition. And he's warning one thing. But this prohibition, who's telling us not to do two things? First, we're not going to get lashed in it. And you know, the Gemara Sanhedrin has explained that in the clothes, you don't get mouth lash of clothes. statement is pushed away because he says you'll get many lashes. The truth is that you only get one. Whether you ate it no or cooked or no and cooked, 
not fully cooked and cooked. Achas bilvad loike. Belochin oimer neimna oimer isbal That's what we are going to count when the Shem says Avtechman no boshel mavushel mitzvah achas. We're only going to count as one mitzvah. V'shom namar gamkin of this also says like this. Amar Abayi Abayi says Ochal zog loike base. If he eats the um, the zog, that's the sort of the the peel of the grape, uh, and uh, he's a nazir. He say, he said not to. The, the Torah says clearly not to touch the mezog. The inala touch So if he eats the zog, he gets two. If he eats chartzen like a base, he gets also two. Zog v'chartzen is like a sholish. Rav Amar and like a lavshem because the Torah says anything that comes from the vine, which would include the, the, the seed, the peel, anything, it doesn't matter. She actually thinks that you would get malchus. Uh, they also said in this case, one who brings sourdough or honey on the mezbech. Amr Abayi Abayi says, like Mishum Sa'ir, like Mishum Dvash, you're going to get two lashes. One for bringing uh, sourdough, one for bringing the honey. But like Mishum Iruf Sa'ir, but like Mishum Iruf Dvash. And you get Malkus for mixing Sa'ir uh, and for mixing Dvash. But Tzalemer Sha'amru Kol. Of there the Torah says, which includes both, Shalaikra Levadai, not to bring it by himself, Shalaikra Dovaner Menu, but Ezer Shishir, not to have a mixture of it, whatever Mashir is. It's all based on his principle. He, you know already. Some say you get one lash, some say you don't even get one. Because it doesn't have a specific love, like love. Now that we're saying that it's one mitzvah, no mitzvah. Also, when the Torah says, "Kichol seir v'chol dvash mitzvahs as achas," all the uh, sourdough and the honey is one of the kenim. The gam kain leyove amoyim yov mitzvahs. We're also going to count an Ammonite and a Moabite who are not allowed to join the Jewish people. Also, one mitzvah. When it says you're not allowed to torture, you're not allowed to cause pain to a widow or to an orphan. It's not separate laws. It's one mitzvah. When the Torah says, don't tilt the judgment of a convert or an orphan. When it says that you can't not give the, uh, her clothing and her, their, their time and her, uh, food for the, for the wife, your, your obligations. So it says, it's only one mitzvah. We're not going to count it for three mitzvahs. It's as if from these, it's as if it said like, don't need no more shavushal. Saying kamei kichol sir kol asektiru b'shave equal them. Ain hevlu b'neim. There's no difference. Chayin oimrei leisis neas nezayim echirkalav who love echad. It's only one provision. Chayin miyayim shechet al teish. The goyim will have dil ulahoyres not to drink any uh, wine or beer before you're going to give a ruling. Chayimer izub lav echad or to go into the temple while you're drunk. You're not allowed to. The Torah warned us in one prohibition. Don't go in while you're drunk. The Torah is not too separate. The Torah tells you while you're drunk, you're not allowed to enter into the temple while you're drunk. And you're also not allowed to instruct rulings when you're drunk. 
but they're not two separate, they're one. This is one part of these two parts of the Lav Minish Bechlolos, and we will continue the next part. That Lav, the next part is Lav Shebechlolos Shaloykin Olav. We're talking about a Lav which is has inclusions, but you would get lashes for it. And this second part is exactly as the first part. But it has come down by the accepted, by the traditional interpretation. That all matter, a matter of these connected items, you will get lashes independently. And if you do them all, all so you will get the lashes for each one of and one of these that are connected. Even though the person does them all at once, and yet he will get the lashes for each one. Um, so then these ones, since there would be a separate penalty for each one when you do them, that's why it's fitting to count them each one as a separate prohibition. So they will be part of the 365 prohibitions. From the fact that Hashem says, that you cannot eat in your gate, in your gate meaning in your cities. Uh, another name for cities, the Torah uses the word sharecha, your gates. You can't eat in your cities the tithing of your grain, wine and oil. This is talking about the special tithing that one has to eat, bring up and eat in Jerusalem. You can't eat it in home. So the Torah says not to eat it in your cities. So in the Gemara Christus they say, If a person shall eat the tithing and he ate something of the grain, he made a grain dish and he had some wine, and he had some yitzer, he had some oil. He would be liable for each one uh, of these uh, ones that he ate. So the Gemara asks about this. Uh, I just lost the place here. So the Gemara asks about this. Um, is the Meiser a tithing? What? Meiser is a tithing, yeah. So the Gemara asks, Would you then get lashes for a love which includes... And the answer is, there is an additional verse. The verse states, the verse says, you shall eat before God your God the tithing of your grain, oil, and wine and oil. So why does the Torah have to say you cannot eat it and in your in your cities, in your gates? We already know that you have to eat it you got to eat before God your God. That means you have to eat it in Jerusalem. So why does he have to say you can't eat it? And if you would think that the reason is because we're just trying to take prohibition, so the Torah says don't eat them. Why does the Torah have to repeat all of them? You shouldn't eat the grain, you shouldn't eat the wine, you shouldn't eat the oil. That means that the Torah wants to divide them and say that each one of them is a separate prohibition so that if you ate all three of them you would get three separate penalties for each one of them three separate lashes you be high for each one one our sages tell us if you eat it in both ways you eat either bread that is fully cooked or koli is when you take 
grain that has been uh, just roasted. And caramel is like in the sort of the, in the middle. You'd be high for each one of them. Do you get the malchus for a general lab? Because there's an additional pasuk. Because the Torah should have written one, and the other one would have learned from it. So what we see after the discussion of during the Gemara, that the Torah did not have to say koli was not without necessary. And the reason the Torah mentions it separately is to make a separation that So just for eating koli by itself, you would be liable for the lashes. Since the Talmud says on the way that it's being pushed away, that maybe you should be liable for malchus for koli by itself. Uh, because it's already mentioned for this, we hear Adu Chayv Alechem Bekolu Bekam Malchus Achas Heishivu. It says the Ma'ayik Sukos Rechman Lekoli Bemtza. So why did the Torah write the Koli in the middle? Leimer Lechem Kikoli Bekoli Kikarmel. Yechayv Bekolu Lechem Lechem. So the Torah is writing, trying to tell you that Lechem is like Koli, Koli is like Carmel, that you chayv for each one. Ba'zekish Ba'atzim Oimer Shemaimora Yisaleloi. And for the same equation here, uh, you can say that when Hashem says. Like you should not have amongst you somebody who passes their son or daughter through fire, or one who uh, does sorcery. These are various different kinds of whether time or uh, guessing by using uh, various instruments. sorcery, these are nine different types of sorcery. Each one of these nine specified matters is a prohibition by itself. And they're not all from the uh, first part, uh, from the second, from the, uh, they're not from the first part of the second parts that we saw in the second part we said the we said some of them you do get Malchus, some of them you know this is uh, this is the one that you would get Malchus for each one. They're not on the first part which doesn't get Malchus but rather for the second part we do get lashes. Each one is counted separate and the proof of this because in the middle it says these two types of Sorcery, and each one of them already has a prohibition by itself. Because there's another pasuk which already says not to do these kinds of sorcery. And just like which have a pasuk have been specified over here, they came out again to tell us that they are separate, and each one would get its own prohibition. And the Torah mentions them in the middle of the other, in the middle of the other nine. So all those that precede them, or follow them, all the other examples, the scenarios of sorcery, have the same status as the As we explained, Now the Rambam says now, it's a mistake to count the prohibitions of the Kohen as one mitzvah. 
Now the others outside, they made a mistake already in this matter. They haven't got figured it out. Either their mind did not really understand all these matters, they weren't smart enough, or or maybe they forgot it, he said, but they have. And they counted when it says by the Kohanim, it says a, a Koyan is not allowed to marry a woman who is a Zoyna or has been desecrated. They cannot marry. And also it says a woman that has been divorced from a man, a Koyan is not allowed to marry. And the Gemara in Kedushin already articulates that he would be chayiv for each one and one. In other words, if the woman is both, as we are going to uh, explain in this place. And we're going to widen him, we'll give him an excuse. The reason he counts a desecrated in a one that he considers this to be a inclusive love. And in his thought, when Hashem says, Don't marry a woman. And that you don't eat from the Pesach, not raw and, and cooked in water. They didn't know that it comes to Chalik. That over there it's Chalik, uh, and this is not Chalik. He also didn't distinguish the difference when the Torah says that not to eat lechem karmel karmel and shekhs and ligra that I'm not going to attack him on that the Rambam says and that mistake the Rambam says okay I understand but the fact that he also includes the divorced one included in the kind of marrying as part of the sign of the halala he makes it onto one mitzvah here he got no argument at all. She grusha because she the grusha because that that is definitely a separate prohibition. The pasuk says a woman that has been divorced from her husband they should marry. We have already articulated. It's coming to the end. This large principle over here. The including love, a love which includes several things. We articulated what the question, the doubts of here. We, we already notified you which ones need a split. Which one is just an inclusive? You only be one. And the one that is coming to be split will be counted in many mitzvahs. And what is not to be split is counted as one mitzvah. Place this principle again towards your eyes all the time. Because this is the key. This is the great key to verify the truthfulness of the number of the mitzvahs based upon this principle of the Rambam.